Welcome to the Assistance Together podcast. My name is Henrietta Barker and I started the podcast at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. There was a huge shift for assistance in every aspect of their work and life and I wanted to make a space where you could have access to some of the most experienced trainers, and leaders in our assistant community, as well as hearing other assistants' experience of what it was like working during this time. This podcast is one of the most fun things I've ever done. It's been so great to get to know some of you, and I am excited about sharing many more episodes over the next few months. Don't forget to rate and review so that other people can find it easily and make sure you follow us on social. We are just about everywhere, so come and say hello. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Michelle Bowditch is a total force of nature. Mish allowed me to interview her right at the beginning of the pandemic and this podcast. And she gave us such a great amount of information about how to use tech, how we could change our habits and just kind of like adjust to the fact that we were working from home and starting to communicate with one another in a different way. And while this feels a long, long time ago, I felt at the time that I'd interviewed her and she'd given me so many brilliant pieces of information and advice about how to get through this time and how to utilize tech to my advantage, but I hadn't really got to know her. Now I have subsequently got to know her a bit better on social media and she is just so inspirational and enthusiastic and shows up to everything in such a positive way. And so when Lisa from the Miss Jones PA um, community got in touch with me to ask her to do a live episode of Assistance Together for a virtual showcase they were putting on, um, there was literally one person I wanted to interview because I just didn't know that much about her and her experiences. So I did interview her last month for the virtual showcase and her journey is one of total transformation despite incredibly challenging personal circumstances. And she was so gracious and kind to open up about these and her life experience and where that's led her and what she knows to be true for herself in the way that she approaches her life and her business. So if you attended the virtual showcase, then you'll get the chance to hear Mish again. But if you didn't get the chance to do it, then please enjoy this episode now. And if you'd be happy to rate and review the podcast, it will help us get to so many more assistants, which we always want to do. So let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, we are live. Hi everyone. It is such a pleasure to join you all for the Miss Jones PA virtual showcase today. My name is Henrietta Barker and I am the host of Assistance Together podcast and I am a multi-sector recruiter. I've always had a deep affinity with the assistant community and I am delighted to be bringing you Assistance Together today in a very different format. Firstly, I want to say that I hope you and your loved ones are well and healthy. And this is a very, very difficult time for 
so many people. And my guest today is one who has embraced challenges throughout her career and consistently reinvented herself. We are looking forward to chatting with you later. Hopefully Michelle will be able to join us in a Q&A afterwards, but I want to introduce my fantastic guest, Michelle Baldich. Hello. Hello. I feel privileged to be here now. I'm excited. <laughs> it is really exciting. It's so fun to be able to join everybody. And this is such a great event that Lisa's put together. So we are very, very lucky. Now, Michelle, I want to do a formal introduction. And I don't know that I need to do this in the sense that I think that you are such a big part of our community that I think people are going to know who you are already. But I want to give you, yeah, I, yeah, that's right, I'm me. But I want to give you this opportunity to, I want to talk about what you've done. So yeah. I've got to read it, everybody, because I'm used to doing this podcast not live. And so my <laughs> actual recall skills are not that great. I usually have notes. So I have notes today. So if I look down, I'm sorry. But Michelle Bowditch is the founder of Door 20A, a tech consultancy agency supporting female entrepreneurs and executive assistants. Michelle's story is one of transformation and having the courage to create opportunity for herself. Michelle grew up in a pro-golf family, traveling with and organizing her brother as he competed in tournaments. She then forged a successful career in event management and the wine industry before changing her career due to her family circumstances. This forced her to reinvent herself, taking an executive assistant role to be more local and close to her children. Michelle then went on to work with a tech incubator in Silicon Valley, and it was here that she developed her absolute love of tech and the opportunities of remote work and productivity. Michelle loved the mindset of working in an industry that challenged conventions and boundaries. And let's put it this way, Michelle, I think you knew what Zoom was before we even did. You were using it and you knew what it was, and we didn't know what it was. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me here. And thanks for Lisa for um, organising this great event um, during challenging times of 2020. So, yeah, we're here today. So, Hen. Michelle, so it seems to me, and so when I was doing the research for this, it really felt to me that your career has been in three quite obvious acts. And yes. the first act within the golf events and wine industry, and the second where you really established yourself as a world-class executive assistant. And then the third where you took all of this knowledge and opened your own consultancy to really share this internationally and in the process building a really quite brilliant community around you. And it felt to me like you had this incredibly successful early part of your career in the pro golf events and wine. And you've got to tell me about this because it sounds really glamorous and a lot of fun. And I was like, Oh, that sounds, that sounds like that would have been great. Was it brilliant? What was it like? Look, first of all, I don't play golf. I'm the only one in my family that doesn't play golf. So I'm the oldest sibling. Um, and, you know, I was always at netball or hanging out with my girlfriends on Saturday where the rest of the family was in the golf course. Now, my younger brother, um, there's a quite a big age gap between us. Um, and, the opportunity just arose. Um, he got um, asked to go and play at the US Amateur. Um, he needed a chaperone. 
I was the oldest um, and mum and dad couldn't go. So I went, yeah, I'll go. And then he happened to be really, really good and came runner up. And next minute we know he's on the pro circuit. So um, for me, it was fantastic. It opened a lot of doors. And I just like to state that I always thought I would be an air hostess. I never thought that was my dream job and I never got to it. Um, so, and then what happened is um, I actually came back to Australia. Um, my grandmother was quite ill um, and she kind of brought me up in my younger years. So I came back to Australia and sport and sponsorship in Australia is nothing like it is overseas. So I then at that point recreate, had my first recreation or found myself differently and went into the wine industry and I truly loved it. I worked for brands like Bollinger, Henschke, um, Penfolds, Lindemans, Rosemats, so incredible brands. So, you know, I was living the dream. Um, you know, I didn't have children at that stage. I used to come over to London every year for the Royal Ascot races and then I'd head over to um, France and do vintage and go to Champagne and do all those kind of things. So, And it was really fantastic. But I think that was the first point that I knew I had skills for the EA later on um, because organising events and a lot of EAs that do work in um, the EA space are great event managers as well. So I had that skill set um, you know, immediately. Unfortunately, um, my marriage broke down just after my third child was born. And what I actually did, I had a bit of a career break and I went and did a tree change. Most people go and do a sea change and I went and did a tree change and I went out to the country in New South Wales to Orange, which is a fantastic wine region. And I still worked a little bit, but just went out there for a short period. But then um, a couple of years into it, the father wanted to come back into the children's life. So I had to come back to Sydney. But I knew at that point I couldn't go back to jumping on a plane whenever I wanted to jump on a plane. I couldn't go back to, um, you know, being out late every night at events because that's what we do. You're there from bump in to bump out. And, and it was really like, what can I do um, at that point? And I was like, I looked at my resume and I went for this job interview and little did I know that I had the skills to be an EA. And this gentleman who I worked with for many, many years um, gave me the opportunity. He said, he said, you're not a secretary, you're not a PA, you're actually an EA. I want you to organise, run my life and my business. Um, so, you know, there were three touch points already that I had to kind of change and navigate because of circumstances, you know, um, my grandmother getting sick and then a marriage breakdown and then a relocation and really looking at my skill set. And I think that's what I want to encourage the, the listeners today is, is that, you know, when things happen in our life, we might expect that we have to be here but sometimes we don't get there in the way that we think we've got to get there. But we really got to look at what are we strong at? What are our strengths? What do we know really, really well? And it's not about a job title. It's not about I need this or I want that. It's about the skills that you have as individuals that gives you the superpowers to be who you are. And I think that's what I did at each of the stages. I didn't look at the job title. I looked at who I was and what skill set I have. And I think that's when I, you know, then transitioned to an executive assistant role and, you know, I love EAs. I, I would go back any day. I should, shouldn't say that actually now because I've got my business. But being an EA was the best experience. I mean, you know, your highs, your lows, the way you work, the way you think. I don't know. Like I thought the event space was crazy. But being an EA, hen, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> but it's so much fun at the same point. So, yeah, yeah. that's probably the top line of my, my, my three transitions before I got to before I am today. And the thing is, is that it really comes across when you speak about it as if they were easy transitions, you know, like, because of course, <laughs> right? we talk about things and it sounds easy, but it must have been after having children and 
yeah. kind of having to force to change your career path, that must have been a very difficult moment for you. Like, what did you feel like at the time? How did you adjust your kind of mindset about where, you know, you just mentioned, this is where I thought I was going to be. Goodness, we've, we've really all been there where we think, this is what I'm doing and this is my path now and that has to change. We all find ourselves in that. How did you kind of adjust to it? Because it's a process, it feels to me. Like it's not, it's not straightforward always. No, it, it's not at all. And look, I, to be honest, it was very scary. Um, like when I left Sydney, I lived in one suburb. And then when I came back to Sydney, you know, as a single mum with three children, I moved to a totally different suburb. So I actually moved to a suburb not, for no other reason was I wanted a house with three bedrooms and this was what I could afford. And I literally put it in realestate.com and chose the suburb. So it was really, really scary. Um, and also, you know, anyone that's been through a marriage breakdown, when you go through that, you know, your friend circles change, the way you do things. Change. So coming back to Sydney, one, I was really super scared. But one thing that I said to myself is that I wanted to be present for my children. How do I become present for my children? How do I still put bread and butter on the table? How do I still pay my bills, but also be passionate about what I did? And that's where, you know, I said, right, I live in this suburb. I'm not going, I'm not going to go back to the big city commute in the tall towers with the luxurious lifestyle and having drinks every Friday night. I want to be five kilometers in it. So if I need to pick the children up from school, if something happens, because I was standing alone by myself and the fear that happens when you have to make a decision. But one thing that I had, and I often talk about it now, which I truly didn't recognize back then, but I really identify now, is having your cheerleaders. So yeah. some people call it your tribe or your A-team. I have cheerleaders. So my cheerleaders are standing on the sideline. I always say they've got their pom-poms and their, their pink tutus on. And some of my girlfriends will hate me saying that because I hate them. But the thing is, is these are... You know, it doesn't have to be a lot of cheerleaders, but it just has to be a few people on the sideline that will pick you up, encourage you, support you, you know, and cheer you on when you do have the wings because it's very different when you have any type of tra- uh, tragedy or change or transition in your life. When you go to the next step, it's about cheering yourself on and saluting the small wins before yeah. the big wins because those yeah. small wins means so much more. I, I can't tell you, like, you know, for me to go to work Monday to Friday to get the kids home, for us to create this new lifestyle, there was a lot of simple things that I had to do. But for me, they were big wins. And people will go, oh, that's not really important. But it is actually important when you do go through a change or a transition that happens in our life. And I mean, we're knee deep in 2020 of this COVID thing. And it's like, there's so many, you know, I'm constantly talking to executive assistants that are losing their jobs and they go, what do I do now? And my biggest words of encouragement is, is what are you great at? What are your superpowers? I don't want you to tell me what your title is and what you've done. What are you fantastic at? And let's work together on that to really find something that you can be, that you can do. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've been in, depending on where you are listening to this, I'm in London, Michelle's in Sydney. We're at different stages of COVID, but for some people, this really is day one of it being a very difficult situation for them, whether it's their job or their finances, how they're coping with it. I think at the six month mark, I was listening to something where it was like at the six month mark, we really lose a lot of steam. Like we've worked really hard to problem solve and do well during this time. And for some of us, it's been like a real like knock and we can feel tired and celebrating these little wins are really, really important. And 
I never realized, I, it took me a long time and many difficult situations to realize how important it was because I was always focused on the bigger picture. And then I really had to reevaluate and go, okay, now I really need to give myself credit for this teeny tiny thing that I did today. <laughs> yeah. Like it was really hard. And I suppose like you said that you were given this opportunity um, to become an executive assistant in quite a unique way. Yeah. And there must have felt, I'm, I'm assuming there must have been a moment where you kind of went, okay, I think I'm pretty good at this and I want to accelerate it, you know, because you, I, I, I know from knowing you for a little while that you're ambitious and positive yeah. and courageous, but do you remember feeling like that where you thought you kind of got a little bit more comfortable with what you're doing and then went, oh, I'm going to, I'm really going to go for it now. <laughs> Yeah, and it's really funny because I often talk now about having a seat at the boardroom table and finding your voice and how do you do it. And, you know, um, when I started out, you know, I was in a totally brand new space. So, you know, diary management, event management, do it with my eyes closed. Mm -hmm. But if I had to go sit in a board meeting or, you know, pre uh, prepare board papers or make decisions that I hadn't had to make in that capacity before, it was like, oh, my God. And I remember one of my girlfriends said to me, Mish, just fake it till you make it. And I hate that saying, but at the beginning, she just said to me, have the confidence, have the courage there. And there's this um, saying, which one of my other girlfriends um, used to use, and also Ursula from Capital EA, which is a, a recruiter in Sydney, which I know you, you've interviewed as well. She talks about swallowing the frog. Yes. So imagine you've got a frog in your throat and you have something to do that you really, really don't want to do. And the thing is, if you leave that frog in your throat, how does that taste? It tastes crap, excuse my French. But if you just swallow it, that courage and the way that it lifts you, you feel resilient that you can go out there and achieve anything. And, you know, I think the thing is, is that from day dot, myself and David, we had that click. We had the fit. And I talk about having the fit. So the yeah. thing is, I was very transparent in the sense that if I didn't know something or I didn't understand how to do it, I always asked him. So I never, there was a couple of things that I did and I made a few mistakes and I had to swallow my pride and apologize. But I truly did feel confident because I felt confident that this person was giving me a chance that I didn't have 20 years experience. And I walked in there and very quickly, I became a C-suite um, EA really, really quickly because he identified my skill set. The trust was there. It, what he needed to be delivered in his business and the way it was transforming, he, he knew I could back him and have his voice. And also, you know, be there as a person of a true business partner that you need to be. So, look, I think you've got to you've got to back yourself, and you've got to know what, as again, what your superpowers are. What are they? What what can you bring to the table? Because we all have different superpowers. And I was so strong in the events. I was so strong in diary management. Like, give me five diaries. I can manage them with my eyes closed. But, you know, some people can't do that. Give someone board paper. So really understand what your superpowers are. And that's where, um, you know, our journey was fantastic. Um, and we had a long time together. And we transitioned from a small business to a medium business. And then he did mergers and acquisitions. And I was exposed to a lot of things that an EA takes a long time to be exposed at. And I absolutely loved it. And I think, you know, when he had to semi-retire, I then had my, big my next transition moment where I went, what am I going to do? And another beautiful recruiter friend in Sydney said to me, Mish, so she said to me this at just, a, I think I was just after 40. She said, right, it's time for you to be challenged. You need to go and do a two to one ratio and you need to work for a female. So I'd never had a female boss. And how did you feel about that? What was it like when she said that? Did you feel a bit confronted? Were you like, oh, okay. 
Well, you know, she was a good friend and she's a strong personality. She said, Miss, you're going for this job interview. And and it was still within my remit and at, at, within five kilometres from home. So she said, Amazing. it's close to home. It's, you know, and the kids were, you know, getting on and we got into a better routine and everyone was stronger in the way that we were working. And Naomi said to me, right, you're going to work for Schneider Electric. And I said, oh, who are they? Are they the lift people? And she started laughing at me. She said, no, they make light switches and solar panels. And I said to her, I don't know nothing about that. She said, Michelle, you walked into David's office many, many years ago. You didn't know about financial planning. You didn't know what a BAS statement was. You didn't know what the ATO was. You know, now you can do a tax return. You can manage someone's accounts with your eyes closed. She said, don't worry that you don't know what a light switch is. Just go in there. And I said, but it's two people I've got to manage. And one of them's a lady and she's Indian. I don't know whether I can do this. And she just said, just go and do it. And, you know, working for Schneider Electric, they're a global organisation, head office based in France. Truly, truly incredible. And, you know, did working for a female challenge me? Oh, my gosh. Oh, we're more emotional beasts than I realised we are. But, but, but she was so dynamic and then obviously that led to the next stage of when we had to go and incubate in Silicon Valley. So, you know, it's, it's those transitions and I think it's you being resilient as an individual and saying, instead of saying, no, I can't do it, it's like, okay, how am I going to make this work? What do I need to do to make me happy in what I'm doing? And I think this is where I, I always say to EAs, you know, we have to have the solution to the problem before the problem occurs. So for me, I always had that in my brain. If you're going to, like when your CEO leaves and you inherit a new CEO, like it's all those fear of, yeah. you know, how am I going to do it? Is this going to work? You've got to back yourself and you've got to know what ability you have and what your superpowers are. And if you don't back yourself, then they'll see your weakness. And we can't show, I mean, we can show weakness, but not in the wrong way, but in the right way. So, yeah. you know. Except, I suppose accepting your vulnerability because we all have it mm. it took me so many years to come to terms with because I just really resisted against that and then but also having that understanding like you said that you have to understand the things you're really good at and if you don't know you know you had your recruiter friend who helped you do that who helped you see that you didn't have to have it all sorted out before you went for it mm. and in times of fear I don't know about you but in times of fear or things that have been very stressful in my life or transitions the fear has stopped me from doing the thing I needed to do that would make me feel better and would make me take action how did you cope in situations like that did you look like you said to your cheerleaders and but did you have to change your mindset like did you have to say oh I'm going to have to talk myself through these steps every day like I was talking to my child or you know how did, you, how did you kind of, how did you develop that? Yeah, well, I think this is another great thing to my next transition is when, you know, um, Pretty, who was, so I was supporting two vice presidents, yeah. um, they call them VPs at Schneider, um, and she was tapped on the shoulder by head office and said, hey, I want you to go to Silicon Valley and incubate. And, you know, on Fridays I used to leave early because I used to pick my daughter up from school. It was just one of the ways it was a given, you know, everyone knew, blah, blah, blah. And she rings me and she says, oh, you need to organise a flight. Got to be in Silicon Valley on Monday morning and we're going we're gonna to start an incubation. And I said, what? And I, so this is what happened. I went, how am I going to do this? I have two children that live with me full time, one that commutes back and forth from the fathers. How is this going to work? And it was funny. Immediately I rang, I've got a work husband at Qantas. So Qantas is Australia's leading airline. And I said to him, 
So how does the stuff from Silicon Valley work? How do I get there? You know, what's the best route? And he goes, oh, Dars, you're going to love flying to San Francisco. You should see the lounge. It's going to be fantastic. So what happened is I went from worrying about how I was going to look after my children and how we were going to work a business to like, oh, can't wait to see the San Francisco lounge. This is going to be great. So I kind of went back into my mode of events, days of traveling. But um, I think it, you know, and then walking into an incubation, not knowing the hell what it is. You know, you go to San Francisco, anyone that's been to Silicon Valley, you think of San Francisco with the beautiful bridge and then you go to Silicon yeah. Valley and it's flat, it's desert. It's like warehouses and go, oh, it doesn't look good, does it? It doesn't look good. <laughs> no. And look, it was a juggle because I still had to support the other VP who was a CFO. So he's based in Sydney, San Fran, two different time zones. But I think, again, it came down to communication with my executives. How are we going to make this work? You know, who is important? We, we kind of, um, when we were together in the same building, I had to work two days on this floor and three days on this floor. So mm-hmm. I kind of put that analogy in place with being in San Francisco for this time and being in Sydney for this time. We're going to have to work it out. So I think, you know, it's about looking at the positives and also what I was going to learn. But, hey, I got to Silicon Valley and within one week I met my friend Mr Zoom and Mr Slack and now everyone's using it. So it's – but also, like, working in the tech space, you've got these young kids and their passion and their energy. And I was reignited, you know, a woman in her 40s in a startup tech business going what the hell and they're teaching me things that with their eyes closed I'm going what are you doing and you know I'm always a why and why do we need to do it and how do we do it and yeah. I, I don't want the long story just show me the short story and how I can use it and get to it and I think that's what we need to do as any individuals when we do have a change it's like and people hate change they're resistant with change and the more resistant you are the more the business or your executive is going to see it and your aggressiveness will come out yeah. your non you, you'll be you won't be productive and the things we have to be ready for change if 2020's taught us anything it's like i have no control let's yeah. enjoy what we have mm-hmm. yes it's going to be hard and it's going to be shit at some stage excuse my french guys but the thing is is that surround yourself again with the cheerleaders that can support you because you will at points through your life and you know that is am I making the right decision and you know when I when the Silicon Valley things happen I was saying to my girlfriends how am I going to manage this and and my children met met Uber Eats and they absolutely loved it for the first month and then it was like mum come home and cook dinner we need a normal routine again so you know it's that adjustment, um, but it's the communication as you do the adjustment and the change and it's having those people to back you. So, you know, then 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 the next transition, we, you know, we incubated, we got funded, we became a startup tech business and, you know, we got to a point and Pretty looked at me and she said, Mish, I don't need a six-figure C-suite EA supporting me, a startup tech business. So I need an admin person at this amount of money and only doing this. What are you going to do? And I had, I had in my mindset in, in you know, February, March um, 2019 that I had to go out and find that big job. Yeah. But in fact, here I am today. I founded a business. I love what I do. I still work in the EA space, but now I work with women and small business and entrepreneurs like yourself. And I absolutely love technology. I didn't study it. I learned it along the way. But every day I'm inspired by what technology can do for us as individuals, plus yeah. also as business owners to encourage us to create efficiencies because we spend way too long sitting at our desk. And I mean, it's truly clear or visible in 2020, the mental health component that is around and what is going on. And the thing is, is that if you're using technology right, 
you've got to remove the shitty stuff out of your role. You've yeah. got you've got time now to actually look after yourself. Who mm -hmm. are you? What am I about? How my husband's just lost his job. You know, how can I support him? And you know, we have to continually have those checking points with the cheerleaders. Are we okay? You know, probably like yourself over there in London, in Sydney, we're still jobs are still being lost every day. Oh, and I. I spoke to a recruiter. Um, this is a great fact for Sydney. There's a senior C-suite role that was advertised last week. Within 48 hours, they had 850 applicants. Easily, easily. So how do you, first of all, stand out from the crowd? And But that is true. The roles are there, which is great. So they're coming back. But the problem is they're not coming back quick enough. And the amount of people are, you know. Yeah. It's really challenging. It's a really challenging yep. situation. I think, so as a little bit of history, um, Mish and I spoke on the podcast in March and she oh, yes. did the most fantastic episodes, end of March, wasn't it? Just after we went into lockdown and she did the most fantastic episode about how to start integrating tech. If you were moving to working from home, if you had to find yourself working from home or in a different space and just she simplified everything so much so if you're looking for her early tips you can find her all over online and we'll go into that later but I really found that so useful I literally I went I, I came off the um, podcast episode with her and then delve into like all the tech that I use how do I use it what do I do and I went down a rabbit hole for about three weeks of like trying everything out because Amish says and you do you say this don't you, you go um if you, you know there's always another three waiting in the wings if you don't like the one that you've tried so I was like okay maybe I don't like this <laughs> try the things that she talks about they really really work they really work to help work. Yeah. And, and that's the thing not one it doesn't matter with technology it's like with your jobs it's with your house it's with your clothes you wear not one box fits all so don't think because social media says I need to use Monday or I need to use Slack yeah. or Asana or whatever it is what is it that you need to do? And, and that's where the technology comes in. But it's also about, you know, finding that role or working with the people that you want to want to work with. It's like, you know, one box doesn't fit all. So find your crew, find your cheerleaders, you know, and find something that you love and you're passionate about. Because the thing is, is that, Hen, we only live once. Don't we only enjoy what we do? Like, you so know, much. we can't control this pandemic at all, but we've got to embrace it to the best of our ability and enjoy what we can enjoy. And I think, you know, the, your kind of like intellectual curiosity really shines through to me and that tech can help us in so many ways practically, but also remain modern and connected, which I think is something that we've all been kind of pulled into it. You know, I've been doing Zooms with my mum and dad, you know, like who thought that was going to happen or house parts, <laughs> you know, like I didn't expect it. And we've all been pulled into this space. But what do you think's driven you to sort of consistently remain relevant and you haven't stood still like there seems mm. to be this drive in you that is what's next and that comes through in the passion for the the apps and the tech and your brilliant newsletter where you're sharing all these things that uh, you're the only person that's made me excited to try an app <laughs> and you know I, I really you know I have to say it was it was a big deal for me <laughs> I was, was excited so it's like how do you kind of keep powering through and moving through? 
Yeah. Okay, so a couple of things. Having three teenagers, first of all, is keeps you on your toes. The only app, and I'm going to share this with you, the only app I do not use is WhatsApp. Uh, sorry, not WhatsApp, is Snapchat. I cannot stand it. No, I know. So, you know, I'll do house party and I'll do all the things. Um, I think the thing is what I also learned is, um, you know, I talk a lot about community connection and collaboration. Yeah. Now, what it, being an owner of a business, what I've learned truly is that I need to stay in my lane. Mm-hmm. I need to stay true to who I am. Yeah. And what happens is, is that in the old days when I was an EA, like I didn't connect with EAs. I didn't network with EAs. And there was this mentality or there's this thought process that if I tell you something good about what I'm going to do, you're going to take it and you're going to steal it. Yes. And there was this mentality around yeah, and and I, when I, you know, when I went in a tech startup business and then was in Silicon Valley, like I had these people, you know, everything, I'd walk into the Facebook office and I'd walk down to the Slack office or where it was, and these people, incredibly talented, just opened their door with information and said, what do you want to know, Mish? Mm-hmm. And I went, so for me, there was a change in the dial straight away. So yeah. for me, I was like, they didn't ask anything from me. They didn't send me a bill. Yeah, and they were happy to share. And obviously, that comes back tenfolds now because they're like, "Mish, how do I do that?" So my curiosity, and what happens is, is that, you know, let's have a virtual coffee. You're awesome in your own way. What is your superpower? I want to know about it. What can you inspire me with? And then vice versa. And I think the other thing is, is that if an EA says to me no or can't, I'm like, mm, why can't you? It's like when I walk into an e, like working to a department and I do a system health check with an yeah. EA and I find out that they don't have the latest version of Microsoft Teams. They haven't done this with Emma, and it's the IT department. I said, come on, let's go down. We'll take them Krispy Kreme donuts. Introduce me to the IT department. I want to talk to them. And I go down there with the Krispy Kreme donuts and they say, oh, yeah, we've got the latest version, but we haven't had the time to do it. It's not really important, is it? And I go, it is. <laughs> It's the disruptive bit, but I'm being disruptive because I want to create those efficiencies. I want EAs to love what they do. I want them to serve because as an EA, our underlying thing that we're here to do is to serve. We are ultimately here to serve. And if we forget that we're here to serve and we don't have the things around us to make us serve in the best possible way and be the true business partner, to step up, lead from within, have a voice at the boardroom camera, anyone can do it. So if it's just little old me in the background, giving them the driving force, giving them the confidence, whether they do a tech audit with me or we go on a walk and talk or I come and do a systems health check, I really want to encourage you, you know, if technology isn't your thing, let's find a couple of things. But if there's other things going on in your life and your business, make it work for you. Because the thing is, we all have shit that happens in our life. You know, I spoke to a girl today and I hadn't heard from her for a week. She had some deliverables and I knew in the back of my mind that she wasn't avoiding me, that something was going on. Anyway, her grandfather's dying and she was so apologetic. And I went, stop, walk away. I'll see you in a month. You sort that, you know what I mean? And, you know, I think in the past we would have said, no, you've got to deliver this now. Oh, completely. It's such a, I don't know how, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a hustle mentality. Like I was brought up on that. It was like, do it now. No personal life, no thoughts, no, no feeling about what you need. Just get on with the job. And if you've had an emotion at work, well, you know, that was challenging. So your head just goes, (laughs) 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 I think that I really appreciate you sharing your story. There's obviously been these challenging moments. 
these moments and periods of transition that you've dealt with and your reinvention and this incredible business and community and positivity that's that really comes through in everything that you do and everywhere that you show up which just draws people to you because you are being yourself and I think and I hope that COVID has allowed us to be able to be more authentic in our roles because we're you know I'm at home you're at home there's no hiding when it comes to this and hopefully that has allowed people to feel a little bit more confident about that but how can people get in touch with you because I know that you want them to yes. and I know that you welcome a dm anytime <laughs> okay first thing is I hate emails I think they're you know there's oh, better no. way to do it. <laughs> so you know if you're on instagram follow me on instagram send me a dm a voice message or a video message if you want to if not linkedin's my um next thing i am stepping outside the realm hen and um building a website so the website should be up in the next month or so and i just want to say to any of if there's any small business owners or women in business starting a business COVID, what COVID has allowed us to do is to try things. And if they don't work, don't worry, you just pick up and try something new. And what technology does is I've lasted now 15 months without a website. And the only reason I'm doing it is because I've got a 20% market that can't find me because they don't do Instagram, they don't do LinkedIn. So I'm doing it for them. So, but technology allows us to create efficiency. So find a piece of tech. If you're starting a business and you've got $1 in the bank, you can start a business. You oh, can be found, you can do it, yeah. So Instagram, Door28, LinkedIn, um, Michelle Bowditch, Facebook, Door28 as well. Not a big lover of Facebook, but there's a great, I will say that during COVID, these great EA communities have risen up and it's yeah. been amazing. So, but, you know, I think the thing is, is, you know, and don't be formal, everyone calls me Mish, just drop into me, be you, do you, amaze you, my three oh, things. I love that. Thank you so much. And everybody... If you're going to join us afterwards for the Q&A, then I want to kind of find out how you're trying to reinvent yourself at the moment and the challenges that you're facing, because those are the things that Mish and I can both really relate to. And I know that it's a great opportunity to share your success stories and how you've been getting on. But thank you so, so much for joining me. It's been such a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having us. so much for listening hope you enjoyed this episode please rate and review it and don't forget to follow us on social and do get in touch I would love to hear from you and you will find all the details of how to get in touch with Mish and myself in the show notes